Blog Talk Radio. Enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end time watchman. Bringing you light in a dark world. Where truth is rivaled with a lie. And the matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars. And upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear. And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud. With power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass. Then look up and lift up your heads. For your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days. So you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone. The prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy. So you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Hello everybody, this is Brenda Johnson on As the Day Approaches. I welcome you today on this broadcast of our show today. I am the host of the show, show and I am bringing it to you live as well as for those who would like to listen to it on archives. You have that possibility. I am sitting in front of my windows looking out on a beautiful day here in Missouri, the United States of America with my two Diet Cokes. Gotcha. Uh, I don't know how long my voice will last today as I have been struggling with our uh, seasonal allergies and also uh, the little struggle I have with uh, asthma. So we'll see how it goes today. But I wanted to take the time today to maybe have a shorter show uh, talking about uh, the upcoming vote in the UN Palestinian statehood. in Palestine today, uh, this evening, they are discussing probably right now, it is midday here in the United States, but they are probably about to discuss there in uh, the UN, actually it is here in the UN, that they're the General Assembly here. I'm thinking that, I'm thinking Palestine, so I'm thinking way over there that it's happening, but uh there is a talk that is supposed to be happening uh, in the General Assembly today regarding a Palestinian state, uh, seeing if that of the Palestine uh, Mahmoud Abbas, the uh, Palestinian Authority, uh, will be granted a uh, seat in the General Assembly in, in the United Nations. There's 194th uh statehood uh, as an observer, and uh, once they get into there, then they can establish their statehood. So today I will be updating you on the latest news on the UN talks, uh, and I will fill you in on the latest news tracks um, from both camps. I am going to kind of overplay this week and what has been happening in the news clips today uh, and this week that's led up to this day. We were wondering what day it was going to happen on. 
uh, some were saying the 20th. I said the 20th last Sunday, and uh, <clears throat> it turns out this is the 23rd, and this is when a lot of detox are uh, starting to happen. So this uh, talk today will lead us into a discussion on Ezekiel 34 through 36 and the mountains of Israel in the West Bank. I will be doing this show next week on 9.30. We are doing a series on Israel. It's interesting that as I am doing this series that a lot of these interesting events are starting to happen in this country. So um, I'm excited to be able to discuss Israel both biblically and prophetically and having to do with prophecy, the last days, and the coming of Israel, the Temple Mount, building their last temple, um, also in the uh, end of days and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, which will be the event that we are all looking for. Um, The following week, I am going to do a program called... um, Israel and Palestine, a war for Jerusalem. On this show, I am going to focus on what the push is uh, for having a Palestinian state. Who knows, maybe a lot will have happened by this time, and we will be able to update you on what is going on. I will be doing that on each show. We're going to uh, update you. In some shows, I'm going to be able to uh, open the phone lines like I am today. If you'd like to call in, phone number here is 1347-826-7088. Last uh, week on uh, my show, I had some people trying to call, and I could not answer their phone calls. So I'm I'm going to give a, a little bit of time today, hopefully, that people will call in. If not, we'll just have a shorter show uh, as just an update on what is happening. I encourage comments and your thoughts about this whole entire uh, event and a good discussion. With that in mind, let's go ahead and start what I have for you today. Um, I want to start off by uh, kind of reading, sharing with you some news clips that has been in the press today. I'm starting off with Reuters. It's called Abbas Presses Palestinian UN Bid Despite Warnings. And in this article, it, it was published on Monday, September 19th, 2011. And I want to share this with you. I want to go through a few of these news articles so that you have an idea of what people are saying on both sides of it, and I am going to throw in some thoughts here and there as I go along. So if you feel that you would really like to have a discussion, uh, you would like to comment about that, the phone lines are open. United United Nations uh, Reuters, President Mahmoud Abbas told the United Nations top official on Monday he would seek full UN membership for a Palestinian state, a move the United States and Israel warned could deal a devastating blow to hopes for resuming peace negotiations. Now we know we uh, Israel has been trying to forge peace 
uh, with the Palestinians and with the people in this area since their existence, even before 1948 when they became a uh, state. It started in 1922 when uh, Britain, Brit the Brit British Empire was splitting up and uh, sectioning out uh, the empire uh, for their national heritage. And this happened in North Africa. This happened all along the coast of Africa and in the Middle East where they had prominence and um, where they ruled an empire. And they were giving uh, national heritage and statehood to many countries. Israel was one of them that w was in discussion in 1922 after the Ottoman Empire fell. So this is what we're, we think it was 1948 that uh, it actually started, but actually that is when uh, they declared their independence and became the nation Israel in that country. They've always been the nation of Israel. They have always, uh, have never been abandoned as a nation. They just not they just have not been in their home, and uh, in 1948, they established themselves as a na nation within their homeland. So that's what that is. Abbas told UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon he would press ahead with plans to ask on Friday for a Security Council vote on Palestinian membership. Washington has threatened to veto such a move. Van told Abbas he would forward on to the Security Council any application submitted and called for the Israelis and the Palestinians to resume talks within a legitimate and balanced framework. UN spokesman Martin Nurserski said, the Palestinian crisis has overshadowed this week's meeting of the UN General Assembly and sparked hectic talks aimed at averting a confrontation with which carries risks for the Palestinians, Israel, and the United States. I want to ask you, what do you think that the risk is for the United States? We already know what the risk is for the Palestinians and Israel, but what is it for the, the risk to the United States? Uh, think about that and see what, what would, would be our risk here in the United States. I believe we have a huge risk in playing with... Uh, this particular uh, situation, and uh, we will pay a heavy price should we fall on the wrong side of this debate. Senior diplomats from the United States, Russia, the European Union, and the United Nations, the so-called quartet of Middle East mediators, are meeting throughout the week in hopes of finding a way forward. The quartet has for months been trying to put together guidelines for future peace talks, thus far without result. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has offered to launch direct negotiations but not, has not made any concession on key issues that the Palestinians say prevent the talks from resuming. So what are these key, key issues that the Palestinians are, are talking about? Well, the Palestinians are refusing to talk based on Obama's demand that Israel stop building settlements in the West Bank and that the Palestinians should not speak to them without this agreement. Therefore, the Palestinians have been embroiled 
emboldened, I should say, by the Obama administration to not have talks with the Israelis unless these demands are met. This was something that Obama said in May 21st, 2009. He said, uh, Barack Obama sent a clear message to Benjamin Netanyahu's Israeli's prime minister visiting in Washington when he insulted him at his visit that expansion of settlements such as, uh, as Ariel 1 in the West Bank must stop. And then Obama went on to say that um, next year I want to see a Palestinian state established in that country. So where are we today? It was 2009, 2011, what, a year, maybe a year and a half later? Here, they are demanding to have a Palestinian state. So they are actually doing an, uh, what Obama has said for them to do and they are carrying it out. Abbas, speaking to reporters on his plane to New York, acknowledged it could have repercussions for his Palestinian authority, the fragile government in waiting, which depends on international financial aid for its survival in the Israeli-occupied West Bank. This is what they say, it is the Israeli-occupied West Bank. Now, if you have been listening to my shows lately, uh, you will find uh, you would have had, had excuse me would have heard me talk about uh, the, what it means to have the occupied West Bank. The West Bank is not occupied; it was actually occupied by Jordan after they became a, a state. This the West Bank of the Jordan was actually given to Israel in an agreement with, with one side being of Jordan being Jordan, Transjordan is what they called it, and the other side, which included the West Bank, being Israel. I talked about this in length on my last show, and uh, so if you'd like more information on that, uh, you can listen to that. I also went into the uh, UN charters and the 242 and 138-181 discussion that we're having. I went into some of those uh, those uh, Amistad lines and everything like that last week in my show. So I will not be doing that today. But if you would like to... Uh, learn about that or hear about that and what I have to say about that. Uh, I listened to last week's show. Um, <clears throat> so the West Bank is not really occupied by Jordan or the palace, or I mean by Israel. It is occupied by Arab people when Jordan annexed the West Bank after Israel became a state in order to uh, destroy them as a country. It was Syria, Egypt, and Jordan that went against Israel as they were birthed as, as a country. And so they have been occupying Israel's territory, and, it's not, and the Palestinians aren't really Palestinians. There are a bunch of different Arab, Arab peoples and all the di different peoples that have moved into Israel based on the work 
and the economics that Israel has created for them to succeed and survive and thrive. So when you hear it talked about the occupied West Bank from Israel, Israel is just taking back what was taken from them long, you know, back in 1948. And in 1967 is when they took it. We decided, it goes on to say, we decided to take this step and all hell has broken out against us, he said, adding that he would not be swayed. That was a boss speaking. From now on, until I give the speech, we have only one choice, going to the Security Council. Afterwards, we will sit and decide, he said. The White House underscored its threat to veto any Palestinian move at the Security Council and said it would focus It would focus, um, excuse me, on trying to nudge the two sides back to negotiations. We've made our position clear, which is that we oppose actions to achieve a Palestinian state through the United Nations, Obama's Deputy National Security Advisor Ben Rhodes told reporters. Rhodes said Obama had no meeting planned with Abbas while they are both in New York, but said there was always the possibility of a change in the schedule. U.S.-backed talks between Abbas and Netanyahu collapsed nearly a year ago when the Palestinians pulled out after Israel declined to extend a partial moratorium on Jewish settlement building in the West Bank. The two sides remain divided on borders, the status of Jerusalem, the future of Palestinian refugees, and whether Israel should be acknowledged as a Jewish state. Now, that is quite interesting to have that statement here in Reuters. The two sides remain divided on borders. There has been disputed borders, and what is uh, borders that that Israel needs to have to be able to protect their country. I talked about that last week. The status of Jerusalem, 1967, Israel took Jerusalem back from uh, Jordan, who attacked Jerusalem from the beginning of their, their stand as a nation, and Jerusalem has been divided. Now, um, actually... It has been said also that that Jordan had uh, authority over Jerusalem from the beginning, and it was kind of not really talked about much, uh, that they had status there from the beginning, but of the state of Israel. But um, in 1967, during that war, Israel took back Jerusalem, and for the first time in their nation, Israel was united again. So the future of Palestinian refugees, which is another interesting comment, because the Palestinian refugees are actually refugees because uh, of the Palestinian people, of Jordan, of the Arabs. None of them has helped uh, get the Palestinian refugees uh, out of that squalor situation. It's the UN that is not providing for them. Now, nobody talks about the Israeli 
refugee camps that all Israelis were forced into in the beginning of the country, of the development of the country. No one talks about that. The reason why no one talks about that is because Israel uh, worked out worked out the refugees situation. In other words, what they did is they eliminated the camps by giving the people their jobs, providing them a place to live, uh, making sure that they had something that they could do so that they could get rid of these refugee camps and it wouldn't be a permanent status. Now, the Palestinian refugees are there because of UN sanctions, or not sanctions, UN uh, stipulations, and also because none of the Arabs really want to help them get out of that situation because they're using it as a pawn against Israel to make them look bad. And whether Israel should be acknowledged as a Jewish state. So why is this a comment in this week's discussion if if Israel should be acknowledged as a Jewish state? Israel has been acknowledged since 1948 and before that time. Why is that actually coming into play in this discussion? The Palestinians say they will not resume talks unless the moratorium is reinstated. Israel says talks should resume without preconditions with the aim of producing two states. So, and there has been two states created already. From the beginning, there is two states, one for the the Arab um Palestinian people was Jordan and then Israel. And Jordan got 74% of the division and and Israel got only 29%. So they got less land. But yet at the same time, Jordan wanted to annex uh, the West Bank and all of the Arabs did not like the fact that Israel is actually in that territory as a nation. They want to get rid of them as a nation. So this is still a discussion that they are having and that they desire. The Palestinian decision to go to the United Nations has caused consternation in Washington where some U.S. lawmakers say they will try to cut the roughly $500 million in U.S. aid per year to the Palestinians if they refuse to back down. The Palestinian Authority is central bank bank chief warned this could doom current efforts at at self-government. Really? The risk of PA collapse is very real under the financial strain, Jihad al-Wazir told Reuters. But Saudi Arabia on Monday, just this week, said it would pay the Palestinian Authority Two hundred million, which could help in the short term, but would not fully replace lost U.S. funding. So already funding is coming in from Arab countries, one being Saudi Arabia, but that's not the only country that can support Palestine or the Palestinian Authority. Uh, Iran has been supporting the Palestinian Authority and Hamas. So has uh, the other Arab countries, Pakistan. So there are there are countries that will supply funds for the Palestinian Authority in order to launch a war or a uh, der- yeah, a derisive uh, 
uh, wane of power or uh, arm of power over Israel to to get them weakened or to uh, move them out of the area. With little hope of success in the Security Council, the Palestinians may ask the UN General Assembly to upgrade their standing from an entity to a non-member state, a move they believe is likely to pass without support from at least 126 members of the 193-member body. So they believe that it will likely pass if they were upgrading their standing from an entity to a non-member state. And this is what they're going for today. Uh, with the support from at least 126 members of the 193-member body, they will be accepted as a member state. Abbas is scheduled to meet French President Nicolas Sarkozy on Tuesday and meet on Monday with French Foreign Minister Alain Jupe who warned that both Israel and the Palestinians were courting disaster. The only solution is to resume talks, Jupe said, in remarks at the Council on Foreign Relations in New York, in comments also echoed by Britain. A U.S. Security Council veto would carry diplomatic risks for Washington, which could find itself isolated alongside its longtime ally, Israel during a period of unprecedented political turmoil across the Middle East. So they're saying unprecedented political turmoil. So this is even more so than it has ever been, and we know it is coming. It would also likely boost tensions between the Palestinians and Netanyahu's government, as though they're not already having tensions which has already been traditionally steady ties with key neighbors, Egypt and Turkey, deteriorated quickly, adding to regional uncertainty. So we know that Egypt, of course, now, you know, because they threw out uh, uh, Hosni Mubarak, that because they were befriending Israel and replaced it now with someone in the uh, Muslim Brotherhood, they no longer are friendly toward uh, Israel. Turkey has now started to abandon Israel. These are prophecies. These are prophecies that have been spoken about in Scripture, and uh, I'm excited to be able to talk about them. But today I want to focus on what is happening, and then we'll put the Scriptures and we'll, we'll really dig into it next week. The Secretary of State Hillary Clinton on Monday urged Turkey's foreign minister not to do anything to worsen Ankara's ties to Jerusalem, which lurched into crisis after a deadly 2010 Israeli raid on a Turkish aid flotilla. Clinton asked if there was any progress on the, the broader Palestinian impasse. She would she were continued said work continued. It's early in the week. A lot of people are not even here yet, and there's been an enormous number of meetings, but I think that everyone knows our position, and obviously our goal is a two-state solution, and that's what we're going to keep working towards, she said. Now I ask you about what I said earlier. A two-state solution has already been done with Jordan and Israel. Why are they they're trying to 
make even more of a two, you know, a third state solution when Jordan was supposed to be that two state solution. From a uh, news clip in, um, this one is out of uh, Brussels, September 19th, says, Israel braces for UN vote on Palestinians. This is out of the USA Today.com News World on the 19th, same day. Says Jerusalem. Israelis are greeting the Palestinian bid for UN membership with a mix of fatalism and wariness, resigned to the fact that they face a serious diplomatic setback at the world body but also increasingly angry and nervous about the country's deepening isolation. The looming showdown at the United Nations, in which a broad majority of the world's expected is expected to vote symbolically in favor of a Palestinian independence, is deepening already strong divisions and tapping into the sense that 63 years after gaining independence, Israel is still searching for its place in the world. And we know that despite their search in the world, despite what the nations think about Israel, Israel has a place in the world. God has given them a place and God is using them and will use them. So you continue in this article. It says, I think... To do it this way is a bad idea, said Yehuda Al-Grassi, a 28-year-old security supervisor in Jerusalem. It's just another symbolic step to denounce Israel a little bit more. The Palestinians are turning to the UN in frustration after years of fruitless peace talks that were derailed by violence, Palestinian indecision, and gaps that could never quite be bridged. Most Israelis seem to realize that the likely outcome, a symbolic Palestinian victory at the General Assembly, won't change things on the ground. About 500,000 Israelis live in the West Bank and East Jerusalem, captured uh, in the, the West Bank and East Jerusalem, captured lands claimed by the Palestinians, and Israel retains firm control over both areas. Yet there appears to be widespread, a widespread sense that the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu may have misplayed his hand by not proposing a viable diplomatic plan of his own. I don't think Netanyahu has acted enough, said al who described himself as a member of the Prime Minister's Lucid Party. He doesn't really show what he means or his real opinion. The most immediate fear is that mass demonstrations planned by the Palestinians could turn violent despite Palestinian pledges to keep things peaceful. So here's just another uprising about to happen. We, we see that Arab countries have been doing uprisings. Now, this is kind of a unique one because uh, the Arabs are rising up against Israel. Hmm. They've been rising up against their own people because uh, the reason they have been doing this with uh, Hosni Mubarak and uh, Gaddafi is because they are not true Islam, Muslims. 
but they want to conquer Israel. And there is a there is a reason why they're doing this, and that is what I'm going to focus on in a couple weeks, what this reason truly is. It might raise a new wave of violence for Palestinians who will see that nothing has really changed, said Yorai Lieberman, a 36-year-old freelance cameraman. But the deeper concern among many is that Israel is somehow being left behind, particularly at a time when the Mideast is going through major convulsions. In recent weeks, Israel has suffered a series of high-profile diplomatic setbacks watching relations deteriorate with Turkey, Egypt, and Jordan, its closest and most important allies in the Muslim world. And these are predicted in the Bible, everyone. These are prophecies that are, are, are said to have, be happening, and they are happening right before our eyes. These developments, combined with the looming UN vote, have fueled a perception that Netanyahu is helplessly watching as the region changes around him. Bibi Netanyahu himself did, didn't go enough to show he is serious about peace, said Jonathan Sol- Solomon, a 30-year-old financial an- analyst, analyst in Tel Aviv, who said he voted for Netanyahu in 2009 elections. The Palestinians' UN bid indefinitely won't help us, he added. In a country that has valued presenting a united front to the world, it can be shocking to witness the increasing corrosive antipathy antipathies between religious and secular, rich and poor, and especially between the modernist liberals and the national settlers determined to cling to the biblical hilltops of the West Bank. So in this article, they're trying to make it look like Israel is falling apart. But Israel has never been so united to keep their country together. So even with some of the disagreements that might appear in the country, it is not falling apart as they say they are. Columnists are, I can't say this name, sorry, Avrama Golan wrote in Heretz recently that Israel is already in an undeclared culture war. Um, on Monday, see, even in the Post, even in some of these newscasts, they are uh, not very friendly towards Israel. So I want to apologize for my voice. It's, it is actually, I am actually losing my voice a little bit. So I'll see how much further I can go. So if I sound a bit funny or if I'm a bit off in my talking, it's because of, of uh, my inability to speak very good. On Monday, opposition leader Zippy Livni tapped into these sediments, accusing Netanyahu of being held hostage to a coalition dominated by hardline nationalists. She accused Netanyahu of sitting passively and said the government must repair its regional relations. The world doesn't believe the Prime Minister of Israel. We are paying the price, said Livni, a former foreign minister. Netanyahu has tried to portray himself as a victim of sorts, claiming the United Nations is reflexively hostile to Israel and that the Palestinians are the instringent party. 
Addressing his cabinet this week, Netanyahu showed no signs of bending. So you see how this article is actually turning towards, you know, against Israel, even though it's actually kind of given a perception from Israel. It's still turning from Israel in a sense. So I just want to give you these articles because I know as as somebody who's very interested in this that uh, even on the news it really doesn't give a lot of details about what's actually happening. So that's why I'm bringing this to you today. So it says, the truth is that Israel wants peace and the truth is, is that Palestinians are going are doing everything to torpedo direct peace negotiations, he said. Talks have been frozen for a year over Israeli settlement construction in the West Bank and East Jerusalem, areas captured by Israel in the 1967 Mideast War. Palestinians plan to ask the world to recognize a state based on uh, pre-1967 lines. They plan to first ask the Security Council, the powerful 15-member body that must approve a statehood request, with the U.S. vowing to veto the measure, the Palestinians are then expected to seek an upgraded observer status as a non-member state in the larger General Assembly, where victory is virtually guaranteed. Although the status is largely symbolic, an overwhelming vote in favor might add the Palestinians in applying for membership in various global organizations such as the International Criminal Court, where they can continually challenge Israel. So you see that what is coming of this, this is quite dangerous for them to be able to get in here. Excuse me. Alia Kim Hatsni a leader, leading pro-settlement figure, argued that previous Israeli governments have offered the Palestinians generous peace terms that were be- rebuffed or even met with violence, which is very true. Where do we get the ignorance, hypocrisy, demagoguery, evil, and self-loathing, he, write, he writes in the Yehudiat Harnot Daily. Some Netanyahu supporters, though, believe he must come up with a serious alternative to blunt the international criticism. Israel Today, a staunchy pro-Netanyahu daily, uh, urged him in a front-page column to consider a new settlement freeze. At the current juncture, the question is not what degree is Israel's position justified, but how important is it to prove that it is not the reason for the rift in the Israeli Palestinian conflict, wrote columnist Dan Margulit. In the Arutz Shiva, this is IsraelNationalNews.com 7, it talks about this subject. What a a boss's United Nations bid means. Excuse me. PA Chairman Mahmoud Abbas is set to submit his application for full UN membership to Secretary Ban Ki-moon. But does it mean anything? This is written by Gavril Quimnen, and this was published 9-23, that is September 23rd, 2011. So this was just recently published. 
Palestinian Authority, Authority Chairman Mahmoud Abbas is presenting his application for U, full United Nations membership to Security General Ban Ki-moon Friday, today. Ban will then pass the application to the Security Council for review. It is widely thought that the Security Council will issue a recommendation on the application Friday afternoon. Procedurally, however, guidelines for a Security Council response only requires they issue their recommendations 35 days before a General Assembly session or 14 days before a special session. The Security Council could table the application for discussion at a later date, in which case a boss's application could sit in status for months. The Palestinian Liberation Organization has, has had non-voting non observer status at the UN, allowing it to participate in debates at the world body since 1974. Abbas has declared he will pursue every option in the 15-member decision-making Security Council and a and a 193-member General Assembly to obtain full membership as a recognized sovereign state. And then you have to ask, what are they asking to be a sovereign state of when they have no state? This is Israel, the land of Israel. This is the nation that was uh, formulated in 1948. Before that, 1922, established lines um, of their borders, and then it was supposed to solidify in years to come. And now the Palestinians are saying that they have a state, that they are going to acknowledge a recognized sovereign state. I, I beg to ask the question, what state are they asking? They're asking to take land from Israel uh, the West Bank and uh, East Jerusalem and also some other portions. The armistice lines is what they really want to go to, which was never official. Um, I do go into that in my last show, so if you want more details about that, just listen to that program. For a boss application to move to the General Assembly for a vote, he must win affirmative recommendations from nine members of the Security Council, including all five permanent members. The United States, a permanent member, has already said it will not give the Palestinian Authority application an affirmative recommendation. There has been discussion of using a so-called peace resolution in the General Assembly to overcome U.S. opposition to Abbas's application. Procedurally, such resolutions were enacted in the 1950s to overcome persistent vetoes by the Soviet Union to international intervention on the Korean Peninsula. But legal experts say such a resolution is unlikely to apply as the U.S. would only be issuing a negative recommendation rather than exercising a veto. Abbas could also ask the General Assembly, Assembly to upgrade its status from permanent observer entity to permanent observer state, a non-voting status only held by Vatican City. There is only one 
place that has this non-voting status, and that is Vatican City. I mean, it's this position, and they're asking for the same position as the Vatican City has. But officials in Ramallah have cast aspirations on such an upgrade, decrying it as merely symbolic. Some have opined such a move would allow that the Palestinian Authority, which we know, by the way, is a terrorist group. It has been since its existence uh, with Arafat, who did not want to stop terrorism. So we are actually, they're asking that a terrorist um, organization be part of the General Assembly and uh, made an, you know, made a spokesman for the Palestinian state, which they are claim they are the, the voice of the Palestinian state, to join the International Criminal Court where they could open a new lawfare front in their war on Israel. But ICC membership does not automatically follow from a status upgrade. Nor would any of these measures, including full membership, solve the material facts on the ground where the success and survival of any Palestinian state would require Israeli cooperation and consent. Now, today, what has happened, again, another piece, Abbas confirms he'll ask for full membership at the UN. So this is just today. Um, Despite growing pressure, uh, Palestinian president tells Palestinian-American leaders in New York that he is determined to present state bid requests to the United Nations Security Council. Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas made it clear today, Friday, that despite heavy international pressure, he is determined to present a request to the UN to be accepted as a full member after his speech at the General Assembly. And this is posted by the Jerusalem Post, by the way. This is where this article comes from, but I hope these articles are giving you an idea of what is actually going on, what they're asking for, which is not really, really clear in uh, a lot of the newscasts you'd see on TV because they can't really go into a lot of these details. During a meeting with 200 Palestinian-American leaders, a boss said, I have to tell you something important. I am under heavy pressure not to go to the UN, but I also want to say that I will go to the Security Council and I have no intention to withdraw the request no matter what pressure there is. Abbas's committee after, uh, came after Israeli diplomatic officials said on Thursday that fierce U.S. resistance, as well as even some European opposition, could force him to jettison plans to bring his statehood bid either to the U.N. Security Council or to the General Assembly anytime soon. Abbas will reveal his hand during his much-anticipated speech to the General Assembly, which hasn't really happened unless it's happening now, but, you know, based on the time. But it's supposed to happen sometime on the 23rd, which is today. During that speech, he is expected to say he is going to forward, going forward with a request to the Security Council for full UN membership 
as he has said he would do, whether he would be satisfied with an upgrade for Palestine from observer to non-member state observer in the General Assembly, or whether he will pursue both initiatives. According to the officials, a proposal floated by Quartet Envoy Tony Blair and first reported last week in the Jerusalem Post, Post would have Abbas submit a formal request via Secretary General Ban Ki-moon to the Security Council. Ban, however, will not immediately pass the request on, giving the Quartet, the U.S., the European Union, Russia, and the U.N. time to come up with a statement agreed upon by both sides that would form the parameters for relaunching negotiations. The benefit of this proposal, the official said, is that it would allow Abbas a face-saving way out of forcing a vote at the Security Council since formally he will have done that done what he promised the Palestinians, submit a request to the Security Council. They made that sound like he is not really, you know, he's just going to impress the Palestinians, but I think he is more serious than that. The question then would become whether he would go to the General Assembly seeking an upgrade. While it is clear that the Palestinians would win a vote in the General Assembly by a large margin, since a simple majority would be all that Uh, All that was needed there, diplomatic officials said some European countries were pressing him to refrain from going to the General Assembly because it would split the the European Union at a time when it is trying to project the image of unity on key foreign policy issues. So what would happen if the European Union breaks up? Interesting, because some people uh, have... You know, I've heard this for years about the European Union being uh, something that is uh, going to be the beast or or the hills or or some kind of prophecy that that this is going to be the union. This is going to be the group of nations that will uh, uh, bring in the Antichrist. So, what if it breaks up? What will happen? We're just going to have to watch and see. I really have a, a kind of a different take on this, um, <clears throat> which is a little bit different uh, than it being a European Union. Jerusalem, uh, the book that I have been loving, which I suggest all of you to read, there's been a lot of these books. I need to actually put them on my site so that everybody can uh, get a hold of what kinds of books I've been reading outside the Bible, which is the most amazing book ever. Um, uh, in the book, Jerusalem, Rushing Toward the Midnight Hour by Robert Smith, he has some really good points. And he goes back to when Israel was first doing some peace talks. Um, he wrote this book and let's see, what year was it? Excuse my voice. <clears throat> Uh, let's see. He wrote it in 2004, but he talks about Israel forced into a bogus peace. Um, and in this section, he talks about uh, it, it in 1993 when there's discussion about um, Israel being forced to have peace. I'm going to share this clip with you, this piece. Uh, from his book, says Israel is being forced into a bogus peace with known terrorists. 
This is back in 1993, mind you. They are being forced to give away land rightly promised to them. This is clearly contrary to God's plan for the territories. Mr. Perez, who was at the time in control, envisioned a confederation between Israel and Jordan with a Palestinian state. Everybody knows this is the solution, he said in a recent interview with with the Jerusalem Post. That was in uh, December 11, 1993. In declaration declaration text of the peace initiative, Rabin, and remember Rabin was was, uh, assassinated for what he was doing, um, promised to vigorously continue negotiations to arrive to a state of peace based on Security Council Resolutions 242 and 338 in all their aspects and founded on freedom, equality, and justice. It will be recalled that these resolutions demand a complete withdrawal from the West Bank, Golan, and Gaza. It is clear by the above statement that Rabin intends to give back all of these territories. In doing so, he was contrary to God's plan. The Jerusalem Post stated, international community will opt for a Jordanian-Israeli solution for the future of the territories. That was in August of 1994. Now, we understand that Rabin was assassinated by his own people because he was going to give back the West Bank, which meant dividing is, uh, Jerusalem. At least there is a fear of that. Even though Jerusalem is not spoken of here, the West Bank actually um, is assumed by the Palestinians that they get the east part of Jerusalem um, as well. And the east side of Jerusalem is a, extremely important, and we're going to go into that next week, what the importance of East Jerusalem is and the West Bank. So the Golan Heights and the Gaza, and we see that they gave Gaza back, and now we see the terrorism is at their door, even further into their land. So uh, that didn't really go well with Israel because they did not want uh, their land, the the land given away for peace. Remember Ezekiel 35:10, because thou hast said these two nations and these two countries shall be mine, and we will possess it. These negotiations may be right by international law or by the world's community, but they are not right by the Lord. In Joel 3.2, God clearly declares that he has a problem with the people who parted my land. And in Amos 1.13, we read concerning Jordan here called Ammon. I will not turn away the punishment thereof because they have enlarged their border. Amman is what it was called, and that is Jordan today. And they did enlarge their border by annexing the West Bank. It is obvious both by prophecy and by diplomatic process in the area at present that Jordan and Israel will be forced into an agreement over the West Bank. It is also obvious by prophecy that Israel must eventually possess the mountains of Israel. Okay, and what are those? And we will find those out next week. Mohammed Jadala of the Democratic Front for the Liberation of Palestine in the Jerusalem Post for August 6, 1994 said, 
to pressure Arafat into accepting a confederation of the territories with uh, to pressure Arafat into accepting a confederation of the territories with Jordan. Any serious negotiations over the Temple Mount in Jerusalem must include Jordan, because Jordan actually has control over Jordan, over the Temple Mount. I mean, currently. Currently, they have control over the Temple Mount. Israel does not have control over the Temple Mount yet. Uh, they have to get control over the Temple Mount to build their temple, unless they work it out with Jordan. It is they who control the Temple Mount, and Israel is committed to allow them to continue control, even though King Hussein had long recognized God's right to the Temple Mount and Israel's right to exist. In the Declaration text number three, Mr. Rabin states, Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan is Muslim, is Muslim holy shrines in Jerusalem. When negotiations on the permanent status will take place, Israel will give high priority to the Jordanian historic role in these shrines, promote interfaith relations among three mono, monotheistic religions. So what he's saying there is that he will keep... Uh, he will honor these holy sites and allow them to continue to be where they're at. In 1948, when Israel was ready to declare independence, Golda Meir knew that Arabs would attack them from all sides. She decided to face King Abdullah of Jordan. King Abdullah is the late King Hussein's grandfather. At the risk of her, at the risk of her life, she met King Abdullah in Jordan. There she's pled with him on Israel's behalf. He was sympathetic, but said he had no choice. Golda reminded him that the Jews were his only friends. He replied, I know that. I have no illusions. I believe with all of my heart that divine providence has brought you back here, restoring you a Semitic people who were exiled into Europe. King Hussein told the Jerusalem Post that he could see no reason why the Jews should not be allowed to build their temple on the Holy Mount. In an August 6th edition of the Jerusalem Post, Hussein said, For many, many years and with every prayer, I have asked God the Almighty to help me be part of forging peace between the children of Abraham, Abraham as Muslims. For the word Islam means submitting to the one God. This is a dream that those before me had, my dead grandfather and I now, and now I. To feel that we are close to fulfilling that, that uh, dream and presenting future generations in our region with a legacy of hope and openness where normality is that, that which replaces the abnormal in our lives, which unfortunately over the years has become normal, where neighbors meet where people meet, where human relations strive, when all seek, with their tremendous talents, a better future and a better tomorrow. King Abdullah was friendly towards Israel. Now we see that Jordan is becoming unfriendly toward Israel. So is Turkey, and so is Egypt. Israel surrounded by their enemies, all of them being Islam, Islamic, Muslim. Next week, I will go into what the mountains of Israel is, what the mountain 
um, <clears throat> the mountains of Israel and what they are. I will go into detail with Ezekiel 34 through 36, and we will discuss this and see what God thinks of all of this and what is happening now and how it fits into prophecy. Following week, we'll we'll see um, the intent of the nations around Israel and how all this plays out. Um, and then I am going to do some some uh, uh, shows on the Temple Mount. How is Israel going to get the Temple Mount? How are they going to build their temple? The Ezekiel Temple has not been built yet. And it has to for the Antichrist to set up his abomination of desolation. So these shows are all coming your way. So I hope um, that today wasn't too dry with my voice and my my lack of ability to really speak uh, fully today. Uh, but I hope that you have a better idea of what is actually happening in the uh, uh, Security Council in the General Assembly, in case you did not. Those of you who uh, have already studied this, this is probably repetitious and maybe quite boring. But for those of you who have not, uh, I hope that I have informed you a little bit better on this. I'm going to end my show, and I hope uh, to see you again here Friday at 11 to 1 Central Standard Time. Every Friday, I will try to do I will do this show unless something happens, and then um, I will get back for the next week. But every Friday, I am here, and if you'd like to give me a call at any time, uh, I will try to answer. It depends on what I'm talking about. Three four seven eight two six seven zero eight eight. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His light shine upon you. May you understand and know Him more our great and awesome God, the one who actually has uh, this whole situation of the world in his hands. And he has a purpose and a, a plan for us today. It is not by accident that we are now here on this planet uh, serving him in this day and in this hour when we're seeing a lot of Bible prophecy being fulfilled. I tell you, watch Jerusalem Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Watch Israel and the surrounding nations, and you will see prophecy come to life. May God bless you. If you want to contact me, you can reach me on Facebook. I have a Facebook group. Also, um, I have a website, as the day approaches, dot com. Also, uh, I have many shows on Blog Talk Radio, and um, I also have a false teachings identifying them uh, site where you can come and discuss uh, and argue and debate issues that are uh, something that maybe you won't be able to talk about in church, uh, but this is a place of discussion of certain um, subjects. Some are opinions. Some are false, actually false teachings. And um, I also want to warn you in that is that some people who believe they have the truth will post false teaching on this site, and we can all be Bereans and 
really identify them so we can sort it out for people. Thank you very much, and God bless you. Goodbye for now.